The great thing about being an entrepreneur is that you're your own boss. You make your own rules. You can do whatever you want to do. The challenge of being an entrepreneur is that you're your own boss. You make your own rules and you can do whatever you want to do. And the problem can be sometimes you don't know what to do. In fact, you may be making mistakes right now in your business and don't even know that you're making mistakes and you don't even know how they're hurting you. So here's what I did. I went and made a list of the 13 most common mistakes I see in entrepreneurs every single day, and I'm going to share them with you and how to fix them completely for free. All you had to do is go to workonmygame.com. That's workonmygame.com. Put your email address in on that page, and I'm going to share with you the top 13 mistakes entrepreneurs make, why they make them, and how to fix them all in one place. Just go to workonmygame.com. I will tell you how to fix the biggest mistakes you may be making in your business right now and are not even aware that you're making them. And we're going to fix them all in the same spot. And this will take you less than 40 minutes. Go to workonmygame.com right now and let's fix the problems that you may not even know that you have. Wherever you're listening to the show, please subscribe to the show so that you are getting notified about every new episode that comes out. And leave a rating of the show so that other people can know about it. We can move up the algorithm so other people can work on their game the same way you're working on your game. Now let's get to it. I send out a daily motivation text every single morning that is guaranteed to have you focused, sharp, and on point to start your day. And I promise you, you want to receive this message. All you have to do to join my text community is to text me at my number, 305-384-6894. Once you join, we'll tell you all your options for how often you can get text by us and all of that. Just text me at the number 305-384-6894 to get that daily motivation. If you're a person, again, who is respected, there's no announcement. And when you announce it, here's what you're really doing. You're trying to convince yourself and you're trying to convince others. Hey, I'm a person of respect. You're trying to convince yourself. At that point, you've already lost the sale. Pretty exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach, too. Hey, you, work on your game. Gave me something really good. Work on your game. DreOldDay.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. The reason most people don't reach their goals in life is not because they never ask themselves what they want. Most of you do that. It's not because they're not willing to do the work. Most of you do a whole lot of that. It's because they never ask themselves the third key question, which is, who do I need to be? I wrote a book called The Mirror of Motivation that is all about asking and answering that question of and for yourself. That's why it's called the mirror of motivation. In that book, you're going to learn who you need to be as a person so that you can go get into that right energy, then do what you need to do, and then you'll be able to reach your goals and have what you want to have. If that sounds like the missing link in your process, and let me give you a hint, it is the missing link in your process, I'll give you a free copy of the mirror of motivation. All you have to do is cover the shipping and just go to mirrorofmotivation.com. Again, mirrorofmotivation.com. I will give you a free copy of that book so you can ask yourself the key question that you have never asked yourself, that most people never ask themselves, that will make all the difference in your success. Mirrorofmotivation.com.
You are now tuned into the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically in the mental softness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you've expected to achieve has yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get a huge dose of personal initiative, which is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of wait for things to happen. And then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques all underneath the umbrella of one unifying philosophy that is called Work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic is black men and respect. And I'm putting respect in quotation marks here. And before we get into this, let me remind everyone or inform you, I send out a text message every day guaranteed to have you focus sharp and on point to start your day. I call it the daily motivation. Send one out every Monday. Does the same thing for your week. I call that one the Monday motivation. You should be getting these texts. All you got to do to get them is be in my text community. We'll tell you your options as soon as you get in. My number is 305-384-6894 down below in the description. Secondly, work on your game university. If you respect your business and you want to get more output from the business that you are running, if you feel like your mindset might be slowing you down and getting in your way of you reaching your goals right now, if you feel like you don't have the proper strategy for performing at the level that you want to perform or making the money you want to make in your business, or just don't have the systems to do things consistently, or maybe one more thing, maybe you you just need some accountability. Maybe you need a combination of a few of these things that I just mentioned. The accountability being just making sure that your processes are being done the right way, making sure that you are doing what you're supposed to do. Everybody could use a little accountability every now and then just to make sure they're staying sharp and on point. Go to workonyourgameuniversity.com. There you can see our entire program, how it works, what you get how you can get involved and the kind of help you're going to get in our program. Then you can schedule a time to get on a call with us because no one can join work on your game university without getting on a call with us first. We want to know who you are, where you're at, where you want to go, what you think might be in your way. And if we feel like you'd be a good fit and we believe we can help you, we'll tell you how it works and how to get started. Again, that's all at workonyourgameuniversity.com. So with that out the way, let's get into the topic here today, which is black men. And again, in quotation marks, respect. Now, I wrote an article about this a few weeks ago from when you are here, and it probably came out in early December, maybe late November 2023. And I was using NBA player Russell Westbrook as a canvas for this subject. And the reason why I used Russell Westbrook in this story, you don't need to be a basketball fan or even know who Russell Westbrook is to understand this, is I'll tell you exactly why he was the subject for this story. Russell's been playing in the NBA for over 10 years now, probably closer to 15 at this point. A very good player. He's going to be in the NBA's Hall of Fame. He's one of only two players in history, as of this recording, to average a triple-double for an entire season. That means getting double figures. That means at least 10 points, rebounds, and assists per game over the course of an 82-game season. Only two people have ever done it. Russell has done it four times, which is amazing. The other person who only did it one time was a guy named Oscar Robinson from way back in the day. Now, Russell's been known as a explosive, exciting player, a guy who can play above the rim. He's about my height, jumps really high, higher than most people, above the rim player, very active player, a good player. Now, he does have a fatal flaw to his game, being that he is not a good outside shooter. Even though he will often take outside shots, he's not good at making them. For the most part, he is a very poor shooter. And there was a stat, don't remember exactly what the stat was referring to, but amongst all time, with shooting percentages, so we have a lot more data when it comes to shooting these days. That Russell is one of the worst outside shooters in the history of the NBA statistically. He is. That's not a subjective. I'm just saying he's bad statistically. He's one of the worst in the history of the game. He hasn't won a championship. 
before. And with him as the main guy on the team, that team's probably not going to win a championship. At this point, he's more on the, the downer, the further, the downside of his career. He's past his peak, but he is still a pretty good player. I think on the right team, he is an asset still. And the thing about Russell, the reason why this topic started by looking at something that happened with him was that people who are, I guess, uh, antagonists of his or just hecklers in the crowd who want to talk bad about him, maybe because they just think they can get a response out of him or because they just don't like his game. They took to calling him Russell West Brick. So instead of West Brook was his actual last name, they call him West Brick. And the word brick is a euphemism we use in basketball when somebody takes a shot that has no chance of going in and it hits the rim or the backboard really hard, like as if you threw a brick at the basket. That's where the brick thing comes from. So people call him Russell West Brick as a way to kind of be funny as a play on his name. Like you can't shoot. That's a brick. If somebody shoots a jump shot in basketball, you know it's not going in. You call it a brick. So what happened is, again, I told you Russell's been in the league like 15 years, close to that. At one point, Russell decided that he was no longer going to tolerate his words, not mine, people calling him West Brick. That and now, even though he can't go up to someone like me who is here on this microphone from far away, wherever he is, he decided that if he was in a game and he could hear a fan courtside calling him West Brick instead of West Brook, he said, I'm going to nip that in the bud. This is his words. And I'm going to basically he decided he was going to call out and approach fans for doing this, for letting fans call him out of his name and basically disrespect his family name. He used the word disrespect a lot when he was talking about this. And over the last two or three seasons in the NBA, Russ has played for a couple of different teams. He's been bouncing around a little bit. He has followed through on his word, I suppose you can say, because you have seen on video, we've seen this happen on video. He's approached a couple of fans. Now, one of them, I remember it was at halftime of a game where he was walking back to the tunnel, to the locker room, but there was a fan area there and Russ walked up towards a fan and he was maybe about 10 feet away from the fan. And he's yelling at the fan, tell the fan to watch his mouth because the fan had called him West Brick. And there was another time in a recent game, recently from when I'm recording this, I forget who his team, Russ, as of this recording place for the LA Clippers, there was a fan talking trash to him from maybe the second row of a game. And you couldn't hear what the fan was saying. You couldn't hear what Russ was saying, but you could see that this fan clearly had Russell's attention. And in the middle of the game, while the game is going on, Russ is talking to this fan. He's on the court, supposedly playing. He's talking to this fan and saying something to the fan. The fan is saying something back to him. And they're going back and forth. And that's pretty much all that happened. But this is, it's been a few times, been two or three, maybe four times he has approached some fan because allegedly, and Russ has never gone on the record as saying what the fan said that got his attention. But these fans allegedly are, quote unquote, disrespecting his name. And one of the things that Russ has said was, you know, I've let it go on for years. I'm not going to let it happen anymore. And the reason why he has decided that he's going to put his foot down on his situation now is because he said his son, because Russ has a few kids, but I guess maybe only one boy. He said, my son is old enough to understand language and what's going on now. So that's a good enough reason, Russ says, that I will no longer allow anyone to disrespect the Westbrook last name because my father, my grandfather, you know, they made that name mean something. I'm making it mean something. I can't let my son see other people or hear other people disrespecting our family name. And his son is maybe five years old, something like that. So all of this, and I'm going to address everything I just told you about as I get into my points, made me think about how many black males, this is especially pervasive in the black community, especially with males, we get indoctrinated with this concept of respect 
and why respect is so important to all of us. Respect, respect, respect. And how many black males, and I'm going to put Russell Westbrook in this group based on his words. Now, I know for a fact he has not put his hands on any fans, but he has, I've seen him approach fans and get loud and be verbally confrontational, but he hasn't put his hands on anybody, at least as of this recording. But I notice how many black males in this ongoing pursuit of respect and having it be so important to us slash them, many people go about it in incorrect ways. And as far as Russell Westbrook, this little story that I've told you here, he's going about this incorrectly. And I'm going to explain to you why. The good news is I'm going to fix that problem for any of you, male or female, especially you young black males who I know know what I'm talking about here today. Stop going after respect for these reasons that Russell Westbrook is going after them and in the way that he's going after them. He's got it wrong on a couple of different fronts here. So let's get into it. Point number one. Topic once again is black men and respect. Number one, here's the most important point of this whole episode right here. When you are truly a person of respect, you never have to mention the word respect when you're talking about yourself. When you are truly a person of respect, you never have to mention I'm a person of respect. You never had to actually say those words. You never had to say people need to respect me. You never need to say people respect me. You never need to tell someone to respect you. When you are truly a person of respect, you never had to announce it. Interestingly enough, I, as I talk to a lot of people and I read a lot from a lot of people, I only hear this word respect in this specific context. The only time I hear this word is often when I'm talking to black males. I don't hear white males use this. Maybe some Latin males, maybe Asians. No, females. No, I only hear this coming from black males. They like to throw around this word respect. And what happens is a lot of young black males like to use this word respect or what they believe is a lack of respect. If they have some kind of verbal back and forth with someone and they don't like the way it went, they like to default to, oh, well, you're being disrespectful because what that does is open the door and give them license to do something else because they feel like they're being disrespected. So that makes it okay for them to take the situation further and escalate the situation because they feel like they're being disrespected, which is what Russell Westbrook is doing here. I'm going to go approach fans because I feel you're being disrespectful by making a play on my name and calling me West Brick. And we're going to get more into that as we go further into this episode. Again, I don't hear this from women. I don't hear this from white guys. It's usually black males. And the reason why I'm pointing this all out is to make this point. Black males have an unhealthy relationship with this concept of respect. And the reason it's an unhealthy relationship because you're going about it the wrong way. And I just told you that at the beginning of this point. Again, if you're truly a person of respect, you never need to announce that you're a person of respect. Person of respect is noted. We can see it. We can feel it. You don't have to say it. If you have to tell people you're a person of respect, you're not. As Margaret Thatcher said, being powerful is like being a woman. If you have to tell people you're powerful, you're not powerful. And you've seen the TV show Game of Thrones. You remember when King Joffrey announced he was in the middle of a meeting where he was being basically ignored. He announced, I am the king. And his grandfather said, any king who has to announce I am the king is no true king. And basically, it did disrespect him because the young king was not worthy of respect. See, as soon as you start announcing it, you lost your opportunity to be respected. So you're actually doing a disservice to the respect that you're so strongly chasing after when you start announcing it. If you're a person, again, who is respected, there's no announcement. 
And when you announce it, here's what you're really doing. You're trying to convince yourself and you're trying to convince others. Hey, I'm a person of respect. You're trying to convince yourself. At that point, you've already lost the sale. You've already lost the sale. Question. Are you looking for a health and wellness upgrade that's as easy as sipping your morning coffee? Or if you're like me, you don't even drink coffee? Meet AG1, the superhero of all-in-one supplements. With just one scoop a day, you'll experience a powerhouse blend of 75 essential nutrients, vitamins, and minerals that will have you feeling like you can leap tall buildings in a single bound. You can feel like it though, you don't even have to try it. AG1 is your personal health sidekick, packed with prebiotics, probiotics, and digestive enzymes to support optimal gut health. Now, what exactly does all that mean? That means you can say goodbye to those pesky nutrient gaps that you have in your system right now, and you probably don't even know it, and say hello to a vitality boost that will make you feel like you have superhuman strength. And this is all natural, clean stuff. But wait, there's more. When you take the leap and join the AG1 revolution right now, you'll unlock an incredible offer. You will enjoy a free one-year supply of vitamin D, which is a vital nutrient for a strong immune system and strong bones with your first order. Plus, you're going to receive five free AG1 travel packs, which are perfect for staying on top of your health routine wherever life takes you. So if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, you're tired of having to pack eight pills and nine different supplements every time you go somewhere or every time you wake up in the morning, you got to take all these different pills. You don't even know what they are. You can't remember what's what. You don't even know what the ingredients are on these things. Say goodbye to all of that and try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first order. Go to drinkag1.com slash work on your game. That's drinkag1.com slash work on your game. Check it out and start your journey to a healthier, happier you. Your body will thank you for joining the AG1 Super Squad. Point number two. Today's topic, once again, is we are talking about black men and respect. Number two, respect is commanded. It is not demanded. Yes, there's a difference between commanding and demanding. If you didn't know that there was a difference, then you can go listen to episode number 2157, where I explained the difference, demanding versus commanding. Let me tell you a little bit about that difference. When you demand something, you are using authority, fear, and the threat of retribution to gain compliance. That's what demands mean. You're using your authority, if you have any, fear that you may inspire in another person, and the threat of retribution that a person may feel to gain compliance. For example, if your parent says, clean your room, or I'm going to kick your ass. If you believe that they will kick your ass, then that is the threat of retribution that causes you to go clean your room. If a police officer pulls his gun out on you and says, put your hands up, you put your hands up, not necessarily because you respect the cop, but because you are afraid of what the cop might do with that gun if you don't put your hands up. When you are at work and your boss says, I need you to do X, Y, Z, and I need it on my desk by 5 p.m. today, and it's already 3.15, and you know it's like three hours of work that they just gave you, you do it, not because you respect your boss. Maybe you do respect your boss, not the reason you do it. You do it because of maybe the authority that they have over you that if you don't do it, something's going to happen that you don't want to happen. So a demand is what you use when you, again, have authority over a person, when you can inspire fear in them and your threat of retribution, whatever threat, whether you covertly or overtly share that threat, they are moved by it. They'll do what you want them to do. That's what demanding is. Many people do it as a parent when you're talking to your children. You demand that they do something and you don't have to explain it to them. 
or what you can do as a boss. Again, with your employees, you are forcing someone to do something that they otherwise may not want to do, but they comply because of their fear of retribution. Again, child getting grounded, employee getting fired. That's what demanding looks and sounds like. So any of you who's ever demanded that someone do something, if you're using authority, fear and threat of retribution, you're making a demand. It's not that making a demand is necessarily a bad thing, but that's not the way you get respect because that's not respect. Someone doing something because you made a demand is not respect. It's fear. It's authority. It's retribution. That's what they're responding to. They're not responding to the fact that they respect you. Commanding, on the other hand, is drawn out of a person voluntarily through your behavior, your energy, your aura and the way that you carry yourself. This is what commanding is. Commanding is a person having a high level of regard and respect and maybe no like and trust in you, not because you went up to them and said, hey, I want you to regard me at a high level. I want you to respect me. I want you to know me. I want you to like me. I want you to trust me. Most people don't announce those things, but they have people who feel those energies about them. Any of you who's in a position of authority at your work, in your family, in your community, are there people out there who like you? Do they know you? Do they trust you? Do they respect you? Do they hold you in high regard? Usually you can tell by the way people engage with you, how they feel about you without them actually saying the words, right? That's because you have co-manded it from them through the way that you carry yourself. You never had to actually say the word. They don't have to say the word. When you command a certain response from people, it is something that they choose to feel or think or do based on your behavior and their perception of that behavior. People who are truly respected, again, never had to go to a person and say, hey, show me respect. You never had to do that. All right, when's the last time you were talking to someone and you said to them, hey, you need to show me respect? Usually, if you were doing that, you probably lost some respect points in the moment that you told them that. Now, maybe they complied with whatever you were demanding in that moment, because usually if you're talking to somebody like that, you're making some kind of demand. Because who do you talk to like that who you actually want to get respect from? Now, probably nobody. And again, if you say that to somebody and you say, hey, you better respect me, and then they comply with you, again, that is not respect. What that is is maybe fear, maybe it's compliance, it's your authority, whatever, but it ain't respect. Because respect is a choice. It's not something that's forced upon you. You can't force a person to respect you. You could get somebody to fear you. You can force them to comply, but you cannot force respect. It's impossible. See, people who are truly respected don't tell people to respect them. They don't demand respect of anyone. They command respect because people want to respect them. That's what respect looks like. People want to respect you, so they choose. They do. As I said in the first point, as soon as you start demanding that people respect you, whatever they do ain't respect. Even if they comply and they listen to you and they shut up and they don't, they stop doing whatever it is that you didn't like what they were doing. That's not because of their respect for you. If you're making demands, no, that's not the reason that they do it. They are either fearing you or complying because they fear what could happen if they don't do it. And again, that's not respect. That's compliance. That's using your authority. That's using wielding the possibility of whatever they are afraid of. That's not the same as respect. I remember when I was a freshman in college, I was pulling up to the gym at Penn State Abington. This is a school I went to my freshman year. I remember we had practice one day. It was during Christmas break, so there's no classes going on. So the only cars in the parking lot were of the athletics people who were there and the basketball team. So there's only like 20 cars in this really big parking lot. And I remember I parked my car. I was a freshman. I'm 18 years of age. And I remember I parked my car sideways across several parking spots. So I had to park like covering like three parking spots because why not? I'm 18. I'm just testing things out. And I did it 
And I remember I go in the gym and I'm about to have my stuff on for practice. And the athletic director, I forget the guy's name, this old, older white guy. I guess he saw me park my car. He saw the way that my car was parked. And he saw me and he came up to me and he said, hey, Dre. I said, hey, how you doing? He said, could you do me a favor? And could you park your car like the normal way in the parking lot? I said, sure, no problem. I went out there and parked my car the normal way. Now, this guy was the athletic director. He ran the building. All right, he was in charge. He had a lot more authority on that campus than I did. He could have easily said to me, hey, you better go move your car before I get it towed or I get you a ticket or I go tell your coach. Or he could have been really nasty and demanding about it. And I probably would have done it had he even come at me that way, because what the hell am I going to do? He had all the authority in that situation, but he approached me in a polite way, a calm way, and he asked me to do it, even though he had all the authority to demand that I do it. And I did. And I respected the way that he came at me, even though he had the power to have come a lot more differently than he did. See, when you're respected, you don't have to carry yourself in a way like, hey, you could be the highest authority person in the room. You can have more authority than everybody in the room and everybody knows it. You don't have to wield it around kind of like you're waving a gun at everybody every time you move, because if you're respected, then you don't have to do that. You don't even have to pull the gun out because everybody knows what it is. Right. And that's what respect looks like. You don't have to force it upon anybody and you don't have to demand it from anyone because when people respect you, you don't have to shoot all your bullets, so to speak. Is this making sense? You know, those days in your life when you don't really feel like being at work, you don't really feel like doing the job that you're required to do but you have to do it anyway. Yeah, those days. We call those days the third day. Everyone has them no matter what it is that you do. And you need to, if you're going to be a professional, have a system for getting through those days because they're going to happen. I wrote a book called The Third Day, the decision that separates the pros from the amateurs that systematically and strategically coaches you on how to get through those days so you can give your best effort when you least feel like it. I will give you a free copy of the book. Again, it's called The Third Day. All you have to do is cover the shipping and go to thirddaybook.com. Again, that's thirddaybook.com. Get a free copy of that book, How to Separate Yourself, the Pro, from the Amateurs by showing up and giving your best effort when you least feel like it. Just go to thirddaybook.com. Point number three. Today's topic, once again, is black men and respect. This ongoing pursuit of respect that a lot of young black men seem to have. Number three, respect is a natural byproduct of carrying yourself a certain way and getting things done the way they need to be done. Respect is a, again, key term here, natural byproduct. Respect is something that naturally occurs in life when you carry yourself a certain way. It happens on its own. What Russell Westbrook did wrong is he decided to create some arbitrary rules about words that he would tolerate and not tolerate, and he used respect as a crutch for his decision. And this is what I talked about in the intro, and this is what happens with a lot of young males, especially black males. They use respect as a crutch for their own weak egos, fragile egos, and personal insecurities, and they say, oh, well, this person's being disrespectful. So because you're being disrespectful, that opens the gates for me to do anything that I want to do in response to what you did or said or think or whatever, because you're being disrespectful, because disrespectful is like the ultimate worst thing you could possibly do to me. So that means I could do the ultimate worst thing I could do to you because you did the ultimate worst thing to me. See, all respect is, again, it's a pretext. It's a pretext that a lot of young black men use as an excuse to do what they really want to do. They just need to find a reason. They need a good excuse. And the excuse is disrespect. 
There's a lot of men incarcerated in America right now, young black men behind disrespect, quote unquote. There's a lot of dead black men behind disrespect, quote unquote. And there's a lot of young men listening to my voice right now. And it's the reason that I made this episode so that some of you could hear this and understand that what you consider to be disrespect is not a reason to go put yourself in a position of jeopardy where you could either you get in them in some kind of box, a coffin or a jail cell behind oh, somebody was disrespectful of me. And you don't need to be demanding respect of a person who you don't know, don't have any long term engagement with. And if you don't have any respect for them either, you don't need their respect. But what happens again is a cultural thing that somebody says something, somebody makes a joke, somebody does whatever. And then you got other people egging it on. Like, oh, this person disrespected you. You're going to let them do that. And now your ego's in there. And the more fragile your ego, the more easily your insecurities are preyed upon by other people. Let me say that again. The more weak your ego, the more easily your personal insecurities may be preyed on by other people to trigger you to do something that you probably should not do. And this is what happens to a lot of young black males. Because your ego is so fragile, somebody says something or does something. Then someone else says, a third party says, oh, what that person said or did was disrespectful. And because your ego is so damn weak, you feel like you had to respond to the quote unquote disrespect. So then you go do something or say something to the person who allegedly disrespected you. Now you put yourself in a position of peril because you don't know who that person is. You don't know who they are. You don't know what they have. You don't know what they can do. Now you put yourself in a bad spot and whoever that person is probably is not going to have any respect for you after the situation is over, whatever the situation becomes. Because it's really just the weakness of your ego that you put on display, not your manliness or your toughness or the fact that you're a person of respect. None of the above, even though that's the again, that's the pretext that many males use to go do things and say things like Mr. Westbrook, who's in his mid 30s. All right, he's too old for this. Is anybody in Russell Westbrook's camp or Russell himself listening to this? You too old for this. Chasing down respect from a fan sitting in the stands. He paid money to watch you play and you're chasing down his respect. There's 20,000 people in the arena there to watch you and nine other guys play basketball. And you are approaching them to be respectful of you. They don't even know you. They know you from TV. They don't know you know you. You don't know them. Probably will never see these people again, but you're hunting down their respect and you're going to Turn your attention away from your full-time job, which is playing basketball, to go back and forth with some fan in the stands like you're going to do something to him. This is childish behavior. And again, if he was 22, it'd be one thing. At 33, 34, whatever Russell Westbrook's age is, you too old for this. This is kid teenager behavior. This is like eighth grade lunchroom. So Russell Westbrook, he created these arbitrary rules about what he's going to not tolerate. And again, he's using the word respect as a crutch. The respect is just a crutch. He is what I believe is that his game is he's not a number one guy anymore. He's like a number three or four or five guy on whatever team he's on. Like in terms of the hierarchy, there were years where he was the number one guy. When he was averaging that triple double, he was the number one guy. And listen, people were calling him Russell Westbrook back then when he was the number one guy. But see, it didn't bother him then because he was the number one guy. He was doing his thing and it didn't matter. Now he's like the number four, number five guy. Now I guess he can hear the comments from the crowd a little bit more because he can't drown him out with his performance the way he used to back in the day. So now maybe it's getting to him a little bit more simply because he can hear it a little bit more. He's sitting on the bench a little bit longer. He don't get the ball as much. 
So now all of a sudden, oh, now it's disrespectful. Oh, okay. Six years ago, when you were averaging a triple double, you can completely ignore it. Now you can't ignore it anymore. So now it's disrespect. Oh, now your son is the reason why you got to do it. Right. Your son got the internet, Russell. Your son got a phone. All right. Your son know how to use YouTube. Okay. So you yelling at a random fan in the stands at one game ain't going to stop your son from hearing someone using the word West Brick. All right. That ain't going to help it. So his explanation doesn't even make any sense. Oh, my son can hear it. So I got to nip it in the pud. But anytime, anytime somebody says the word Westbrook. So what you going to do? You're going to run around Instagram and just get in everybody's comments who uses the word and tell them, hey, you better be respectful of me. What are you going to do? You going to fight them through the comments? Again, it doesn't make any sense. Even what he said, his explanation doesn't make any sense. Let alone does do his actions make any sense. And if we had any real journalists out there these days, someone would say this to him directly. Like, Russ, that don't make no sense. What are you going to do? Are you going to get on YouTube and check every YouTube channel that says the word West Brick? Are you going to check everybody on every comment section, every Instagram post, every TV commentator? You're going to go to their studio and, and call them out and say, hey, don't be saying the word West Brick. My son can hear that. You're going to block your son from seeing it on the Internet. You're going to block the word West Brick on his phone so he can't see it. What are you going to do? It doesn't make any sense. Again, this is childish behavior. This is what kids do. So the truth is, as I just said, the Internet exists. People have been using this term for years before he said anything. People were calling him West Britain in like 2012. Well, it's been over a decade. People have been calling him this. Remember that OKC Thunder team that he used to play for, Oklahoma City. They played the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals in 2012. Heat won. This one, LeBron was D-Wade were on the team. And people were calling him West Brick in 2012. So it's been over a decade. And he wasn't saying anything. This is only in the last two, three years. All of a sudden, this is some kind of thing now that he has to police it, allegedly. There's no real way to police words. You can't police what other people are saying or thinking, especially when you're a public figure and more people know you than you know them. And you can't contact all the people who know who you are. So there's no way that you can actually police this, especially, when, again, when you're a public figure. Now, he's just a regular everyday guy. That'd be a different thing because most of the time, the things that he people talking about him when people are talking to him, he can see them. But when you're a public figure, there's thousands of people who know who you are talking about you and you don't know them. And you can only be in one physical place at a time. What are you going to do? Again, you going to hunt them all down? There are 20,000 people in the arenas that he plays basketball in. There are millions of people on the internet every day posting stuff, all day, every day. He can't approach them. He wouldn't approach them because it is too many of them, first of all. And just to keep it real, most athletes can't fight. Now, they talk like they can fight. Most of them can't fight. It's impossible. People could still be using the term even more than they are now. And he could still be respected based on the way he responds to it. See, it's not the fact that someone's calling him West Brick. That doesn't mean that person doesn't have respect for you. For the most part, they don't know you. They're just enjoying themselves at the game and talking shit because getting a response from an NBA player during the game is like a thrill for them. That's really what it is. I'm not the type of person to do this, but let's say if I was the type of fan who go to a game and I start talking shit to any player, anybody, LeBron, Steph Curry, whoever, name a player. I go talk shit to a player and they start hearing me and I see that they're hearing me and they respond to what I'm saying. That's a thrill for me. Again, I'm not this type of person, but I'm just saying hypothetically, that would be a thrill for me. Like, oh, I got LeBron to react to me in the game and tell me to shut the fuck up. Right. <laughs> or I said something to Steph Curry and he hit a three. Then he looked at me like, yeah. All right. That's a thrill for me. Like that pays for the cost of my ticket to get a reaction from the player and on the court. All right. I'm just a fan watching the game. All right, I'm inconsequential. So for Russell Westbrook to be putting all this emphasis on what the fans say is just he's going about this incorrectly. And it doesn't appear that any other NBA player has pulled his coat and said, yo, how about you do this a different way? 
don't you think about, why don't you reconsider this? Nobody saying anything to him. Let me ask you all this question because the response, again, people can say whatever they want. The way you respond to it determines whether you maintain your respect or if you lose it. You can't control what another person says. You can influence what another person says. You can't control what they say. And regardless of what another person says, regardless of who they say it to or how they say it, your response to what they say determines the outcome. And Russell has just chosen the wrong response to what people say because you can't stop them. What do you think would happen if Michael Jordan was playing in the game and some fans in the front row started calling him Michelle instead of Michael during the game? What do you think Michael Jordan would do? If Tom Brady was playing in the game and people start calling him Trisha Brady instead of Tom Brady, they start calling him Tom Bummy instead of Tom Brady, and he heard them, what do you think Tom Brady would do? What do you think Kobe Bryant would do if he's playing in the game? And this probably happened to Kobe. We didn't hear about it because Kobe had a different approach. Let's say Kobe's playing in the game and some fans start talking about the rape allegations he got in 2003 in Colorado. And he kept playing. Kobe played through all of that. He didn't miss any games over those allegations that he had in the court case and all that situation. I'm sure, I'm a thousand percent sure there were some fans in the stands during that season and subsequent seasons who had a lot to say to Kobe Bryant about those rape allegations after he faced those charges. All right. And it happened in Colorado. So every time he played in Denver and Denver had a good team over the next three, four or five years after those charges, I guarantee you some fans had some stuff to say to Kobe about those allegations. I guarantee you he heard them. And guess what Kobe didn't do? He didn't go to the media and say, well, I'm a nip it in the bud. People being disrespectful about you know, that situation. He didn't say none of that. He didn't say anything about it. Guess what he did? He went out there and performed. And what happened? Nobody talked about it anymore. They ain't say nothing else to him. Do you think Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan or Tom Brady is going to go run up into the stands or run up to the stands and approach a fan and say, hey, stop saying that. Stop being disrespectful. It, it doesn't even make sense. Like, just thinking about it. Any of you as a sports fan, you can't even imagine Michael Jordan doing that to a fan. You can't imagine Tom Brady doing that. You can't imagine Kobe stepping out of character and going arguing with a fan. Because as soon as you do that, you lower yourself to their level. Now you're on the same level as a fan. All right. So you just went from being one out of it's 20,000 people in the arena. You went from being one out of the 10 who's there on the court to now you made yourself the equal of a fan who paid money to come sit there and talk shit. Now you're on their level. They didn't rise up to your level. You lowered yourself to theirs because they said something and it got your attention. So now you're going to give them your attention instead of paying attention to the job that you got. They got you in that position in the first place. You didn't get to where you're at by arguing with fans. People who pay money to watch a basketball game in person. All right, you got to where you're at by paying attention to your job. That's why there's only 10 of you on a court who can do what you do. It's 20,000 people who could pay to watch it. There's only 10 people who can actually do it. But you want to be on their level by proving your point because they're quote unquote, disrespecting you. All right, this is, again, this makes no sense. This is childish, fragile ego, weak-minded men. That's what this is. This is weak-minded stuff. What do you think Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan would do? Fans talking to them at a road game, talking shit, saying stuff. They could bring up something that really did happen. Oh, Michael, you keep missing the game when he shot. Kobe, you had a rape allegation. Tom, you're a Trump supporter. Fuck you. Whatever they could say. And I'm sure these guys heard all kinds of stuff. But guess what? You never heard about it because they are, they're not going to make a story out of it. Guess what they did? They just went out there and performed. They respond with a performance that does two things. Not only does it shut up the heckling fans, because listen, I play sports. If you had a fan talking shit to you from the sideline during a game and you go and your performance 
gets better while they're talking shit, guess what happens to the, the fan talking shit? They stop talking. That's what happens. Easiest way to shut up a heckling fan is to go out there and perform, or a heckler, period, is to go out there and perform at a high level. They usually get quiet. That's what shuts them up. They get quiet. When they see that you're performing, even though they're talking shit, they usually just stop talking. Because what happens is the reason people talk shit from the sideline at a sporting event is because, first of all, want the attention. And secondly, they may believe that talking shit to you might hurt your performance. So the worse you perform, the more they're going to keep talking. And if they get your attention, even better. But if they talk shit and hey, if you want to acknowledge them, acknowledge them. But then if you acknowledge them and then your performance goes up, oh, they get quiet. They're like, all right, let me leave this guy alone. Because the rest of the fans are going to be like, yo, stop talking shit to that guy. He's playing better. All right, he just scored 10 points in a row. When you start talking shit, shut up. <laughs> We're going to lose. The home team's going to lose. You keep talking to this guy. Shut the hell up. Everybody else will take care of that guy. You ain't got to say nothing. And guess what else happens? That's number one. You shut up the heckling fan. Guess what else happens? You earn the respect of everybody else in the arena based on your response. Because guess what? You're not the only one who heard them talking shit. The other fans around them heard them talking. The other players on the court might have heard them talking. The rest might have heard it. A lot of people might have heard them talking shit. Even they knew they were talking shit. And when your performance goes up, now you got everybody's respect because not only did you not stoop to their level, you shut them up at the same time and your performance went up. Even the heckling, shit-talking fan has more respect for you because of the way you responded. They're like, damn, all right, I ain't going to talk shit to that person anymore. We know what happens when that happens. Let me pick a different target. Russell Westbrook could learn from that, and I wish he had thought of that. I mean, he's a basketball player, so he knows who these guys are who I'm mentioning. And I wish someone would, again, grab his ear and let him know these things that I'm saying to you all. But the issue for Russ is that he may have already dug himself into a hole that he can't get out of. It's not that he can't get out of it. Maybe he doesn't want to get out of it. So he can easily say, all right, I'm going to chill on the going to approaching fans thing. Let me just step my game up. Next time a fan talks shit to me, I'm going to score 30. All right, so talk shit to me and see what happens. So he could do that. I mean, he could think that. He hasn't had to announce it. But don't put yourself in this hole. Don't put yourself in this hole chasing respect. Because again, respect is not something that's chased. Respect is something that is attracted like a magnet. Recap in today's class was black men and respect. And again, using NBA player Russell Westbrook, who you know, put this whole thing out there and started this whole crusade, I suppose, of approaching people who say the word West Brick, even though he's very famous. And there's a lot of people saying that who he can't ever meet or approach. But I guess he considered this a good idea when he started. It's not a good idea. And I'm telling you why. Number one, when you're truly a person of respect, you never had to mention a word with regards to yourself. And the thing is, I usually hear this from black males who end up in very bad situations, whether as the suspect or the victim, when this whole concept of respect comes up, because it's pervasive in our society that black males are so caught up in and get so emotional over the concept of respect. And it's a, it's a losing equation, chasing after respect, whether you acquire it or not. It's a losing equation. Point number two, respect is commanded, it's not demanded. See, if you're chasing after respect, you're going after it wrong. Respect is something that comes to you. It is not something that you go to. You not chase after respect. You let the respect find you. It's like if you, have a, you see a dog and you're interested in the dog and it looks like a cute little dog and you want to pet it. You don't go running up to the dog. You sit there and you let the dog come up to you because y'all ain't on the same level. Now, you don't chase respect. You let respect find you by the way you carry yourself. If you're demanding something of someone and they do it, that's fear, authority, and compliance. That's not respect. When you command respect, people do things for you and with you and you know, towards you because they have respect for you. And the word respect never has to actually be said. You're running around saying the word respect a lot. 
then you probably don't have as much of it as you think you do. Number three, respect is a natural byproduct of carrying yourself a certain way and getting things done the way they need to be done. This is by your energy, by your aura and your performance. Russell Westbrook used respect as a crutch for his fragile ego. His ego is so fragile because now he's not the superstar guy anymore. So now all of a sudden he wants to check people for using the word Westbrook when they've been using it for over a decade. Now all of a sudden it's an issue and he's using his son and he's using the word respect as crutches and pretext for his own ego. That's really what this is. This is about him chasing his a- after his own ego. He's just using these other things to sound better as respect. And unfortunately, because sports journalism is dead, not one journalist will call him out and say that doesn't make any sense because it doesn't make any sense. I'll just explain to you why it makes no sense whatsoever. But again, when you have a young black male and Russell is relatively young black male who's in their ego, that's a very emotional energy. I can understand how it could be a little bit of a, I don't know, somebody, a journalist may be a little bit apprehensive about calling a young black male out on a topic on which they're very emotional and their ego is very fragile. And obviously this is a, this touches a nerve with him, this whole Westbrook thing all of a sudden. But again, what would Michael Jordan do if you called him Michelle during the game at a road game? What would Kobe do if you start talking shit to him in the game? What would Tom Brady do if a fan was talking shit to him during the game? We all know exactly what they would do because that's what they did. I'm sure they all had fans talking shit to them at some point, at some game, somewhere in their life. They all had opponents talking shit to them during the games because they were the stars of their teams. And guess what they did? They went out there and performed. And that's why all of you know their names, even if you don't know Russell Westbrook's name. And there's a reason why you know their names. You don't know his name. Look at the way they respond to things. All that said, text me soon in my text community. My number is 305-384-6894. Also, work on your game university. All right. If you want to command respect when it comes to your business, and you want your business to be producing the type of outcomes that make the hecklers shut the hell up and they don't say anything to you and they go find an easier target because they see how you're producing and it's obvious, join me and work on your game university and let's stop playing around so you can stop chasing after things and have them start coming to you the way it's supposed to be. Workonyourgameuniversity.com. Link is down below in the description. Work on your game. Dre, all day. While you are here, don't forget to text me so you can be part of my texting community where you can ask me questions. You can share challenges with me. You are messaging me directly. You can get a direct response from me because I do read and reply to my messages. My number again, 305-384-6894. One more time, 305-384-6894. Make sure you text me because you never know when I'm going to send a message that could be the one thing you need to hear, the one thing you need to do, the one insight you need to get that could change your life. Make sure you message me. 305-384-6894. People often ask me, Dre, is there any way that I could work with you directly? Is there any way that I could talk to you on a regular basis? Just ask you questions, share with you what I'm doing and just get your feedback and your insight on where I'm going personally and professionally. The answer is yes. And the further answer is there's only one place to do that. That is work on your game university. That's the only place I do any coaching. It's the only place I work with anyone directly. All you have to do to get involved in the university is go to work on your game There you'll see all your options, whether you want to schedule a call with us, join one of our group programs, and we go from there. I'll see you inside. Again, that's work on your game university.com. I don't know if you noticed, but I drink a lot of water. Aside from the AG1 I take every day and my protein shake, I drink 200 ounces of water every single day, which is a lot of water. So if you're like me and you're tired of dealing with plastic bottles and you're craving a better way to quench your thirst because you're tired of ingesting plastic that comes from drinking out of a plastic bottle, because that's what you're doing, by the way, if you didn't know. I want you to say hello to Aqua True, the coolest reverse osmosis water purifier out there. With Aqua True, you can say goodbye to those plastic bottle woes because you know what happens when you get done with that bottle after you get done drinking plastic. It ends up in the ocean. It ends up in landfills. 
It just ends up hurting the environment. So how about we stop doing that? No more wasting money, no more environmental guilt, just pure refreshing water whenever you want it. So you can sip on goodness without that plastic mess in the process. And guess what? As a special treat, you're going to get $100 off of any of AquaTrue's awesome models. That's whether it's the AquaTrue Classic, AquaTrue Connect, AquaTrue Undersink, or AquaTrue Carafe. You'll be sipping smartly and saving money. So think about this. No more lugging those heavy cases of bottled water. You ever see somebody walking around with it in the elevator or going up the steps with a big case of bottled water? You don't need to do that anymore. You can stop drinking plastic because it's not good for you. No more worried about hitting chemicals that's in that plastic or in your tap water. AquaTrue's advanced filtration technique zaps away contaminants, giving you pure, tasty hydration right there in the comfort of your own home. So when you are ready to upgrade your drinking game, which you should be right now, based on what I just told you, head over to workwhenyourgame.com slash AT. That's for AquaTrue. Workwhenyourgame.com slash AT and explore the AquaTrue lineup. You're going to get $100 off any filter you decide to get involved with because great water should not cost an arm and a leg. That's workwhenyourgame.com slash AT. Workwhenyourgame.com slash AT. Quench your thirst the AquaTrue way and enjoy the freedom of pure, refreshing water, hassle-free. Get your Aqua True today.